Trying not to panic, Ryan. This is a Celtics fan right now. We're trying to hold it together as a collective Celtic nation. This so, must be just like better. one of the worst years for you as a sports fan uh, because Tom Brady goes and wins a championship in another city. Uh, Red but the Red Sox just did a fire sale, unlike everyone who had been relevant in the last decade to their franchise. And now the Celtics have just kind of taken the dump in their own hand this yep. year. Yeah, no, it's not been fun. Um, it's a good thing I like basketball in general as well, because otherwise it'd be super depressing. It's like yeah. being a, just like a fan of some Oklahoma team, like you know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any. It doesn't help. I mean, maybe it does that you've been a fan of Oklahoma State sports for a while now, and you've just hey, hey, good bedlam the other day. day. We did Cade Cunningham for the number one pick. Yeah, Hundo Pushento. Like we, we that's I was, I was uh, talking to one of our friends the other day, our mutual friends. He was like, "Do you really think Cade's like a number one pick? It doesn't feel like he's played like that well." And then after the game, he was like, "Oh my gosh, Cade Cunningham!" I was like, <laughs> "Put some respect on that name, mm-hmm. sir." Um, that's gonna be the easiest number one pick we've had since Zion. Like, and then before that's like what AD? Yeah. It, it, like there's some guys you know that are just like different and i i, I tweeted out from the couch gm uh twitter account um whatever team gets kate cunningham it's they're gonna get the privilege of drafting kate cunningham that like you you will be thanking the basketball gods for getting kate cunningham yeah i'm really pumped for sam presti to sell his timeshares and all the picks ryan yeah it, for the Rockets and Clippers, uh, what he has, he owns like a little office space, I think, in both those, both <laughs> their front offices. And he's going to sell both of them to get Cade Cunningham. At least I hope. That's trade all 15 picks you still have to yeah. get Cade Cunningham. Yeah. The only untouchables are Shea and Lou Dort. Everyone else can go. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is gone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Whatever you got to do, man. Anyways. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram if you haven't already. Uh, this is our 102nd episode, Matt. How do you feel about that? You know, commitment is something I've always struggled with. And so to make it this far means we're doing awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're doing great. I Honestly, I, to think we made it to 100 episodes is pretty incredible. If we make it to 200, we, we're going to be making money on this thing eventually. Right? Oh, yeah. Right, we're gonna be getting ads from like Quip and Meundies. <laughs> All like the the basic starter pack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the other one? Hello Fresh. Like, Hello Fresh is on a lot. We take. Hey, listen, I'm drinking a Lacroix right now. Lacroix, if you're listening to this, you want to sponsor us? Please be our guest. Oklahoma Send State. Only to Ryan's address. Though. Yeah, only, no. only to me. I will take cases on cases of Lacroix, uh, and hoard them to myself. Matt gets the Fresh. Anyways, uh, if you haven't yet, give us a review on uh, the podcast service of your choice. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and as of last week, Audible, Amazon Music. Give us a shout out and a follow there. That feels like a step up. That feels fancier. Yeah, it does. It does. We're reaching the more educated audience now. Yeah. And we're going to bring down their IQ. 
So that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, Matt, what did people miss in episode 101? So the recap. So we talked about all-star starters um, that were announced who got voted in. And most notably how Damian Lillard got snubbed off the starter list. But thankfully, um, we have the reserve list now, which Ryan will talk more about in the news later. Our main topic was checking in on the sophomores across the league. We didn't feel it's quite appropriate yet to do a rookie check-in since still only about 30 or so games in. So we talked about sophomores, notably Zion and Ja, um, amongst others. So, and uh, just how those guys are already starting to take hold of um, the up-and-coming movement that is the NBA. And then lastly, our league pass teams for the week. I picked the Portland Trailblazers, and Ryan picked the Charlotte Hornets. The Portland Trailblazers struggled this week, 0-3, which they were incredibly, incredibly hot, so we knew there had to be some letdown. I mentioned that this might be the week. Sure enough, it hit pretty hard. Still sitting um, in a good spot, though, in the West. And then the Charlotte Hornets, sitting at 15-17, and 17, went 2-2 two and two over this past week, currently playing Sacramento as we record this. Um, I don't know, Ryan, the Charlotte just, I mean, you had the little mellow experience. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. Bad. <laughs> like, it's just kind of one of those things you like watch and you're like mesmerized by some of the stuff you can do. And then like, if you see it, like, I still wonder in like winning basketball situations, if LaMelo is a good basketball player or not. Um, but it was sure fun. I was telling Matt yep. off air that like LaMelo was just like after made buckets, just looking for outlet passes. Didn't matter if it was Cody Zeller or Terry Rozier. He was just looking to get it, the ball ahead, which is just incredible confidence. He did end the Suns the other night, which was really yeah. fun to watch. He had like a big three, right? Like, Well, he had a couple big buckets towards the end, and he was kind of working DeAndre Aiden, um, which I don't know. I mean, DeAndre Aiden's not the most nimble afoot, if you will. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, DeAndre Aiden. Still can't figure out that guy. Still can't figure out that pick. But, you know, <laughs> that's another topic for another time. Moving on to the news. Uh, so, Matt, <laughs> we hit... I hate when this happens. We hit the uh, end record button on our last podcast. And then not 10 minutes when you were leaving my house. I wasn't even out of your driveway. I texted you that Ryan Saunders had gotten fired because that's what happened. Ryan Saunders got fired. Just like right after we finished recording the podcast. We even I think, talked on the pod about it. Yeah, we like mentioned it. Like, oh, Ryan Sanders is going to get fired probably after the offseason or during the offseason. Nope, didn't even wait. They like lost the Knicks. Like we watched the ending to that game. And then Ryan Saunders wasn't flying back on the plane with Minnesota. That's how that worked, uh, which is just kind of incredible. Uh, but then not 10 minutes later, they, I guess, hired Toronto assistant Chris Finch. That's probably the more wild thing of the whole ordeal, right? It's not just that Saunders got fired. It's that they decided, you know what? We're bringing in this other dude who's not even with the team right now. It's not like he's in broadcasting. It's not like this is Mark Jackson. This well, is like, just a different dude from a different team. You know that, you know, we're big office fans on this podcast. You know, when uh, David Wallace was bringing in people to interview for Jan's job as Jan was still working there yep. and how it was super awkward. That's what happened here. That's a hundred percent what happened. Like they were having, they were like cold calling people having like zoom, I would assume zoom conference calls 
with like coaching candidates and they just hired a dude. So I think it was Windhorst who said like the whole thing came together within like 36 hours. So like that's like so like it was the day before they were like, you know what? We're gonna fire him. And then we're let's go ahead and go find a new coach. And they're like, oh, okay, we found one. <laughs> and it's like, you know, when I like I feel like this is when like a business posts like a job on like Indeed. Yeah. And like they get like quality candidates right away. <laughs> and and they're like, oh wow, we didn't expect this to happen so fast. <laughs> and they like hire a guy or or lady, you know, what whatever your business needs are on Indeed. But um <laughs> this we just situation... do an Indeed promo there. Is that what <laughs> but, just happened? <laughs> but it's like it's like they weren't did they expect it to go this fast? Did they mean for it to go that fast? Or is it they found Chris Finch? Chris Finch said yes, and they're like, Okay, we're gonna fire Ryan Saunders. I mean, I can't imagine you like start a job search and it, expect it not to go like w- within a, like a couple weeks, right? Like yeah, that's, that's what I would think. Like you would like sit down, think it through, like really work through the terms of the contract and all that. Right? I did like the paperwork side of it would take time, right? You would think. I mean, unless he his agent was just like on, on the ready. Yeah. Like, I don't I, like. I, I don't know. It's such a weird, like impulsive thing. I guess if you're like, feel that, you know, Ryan Saunders, isn't your guy going forward. You don't want to prolong that anymore. Right. Uh, and you want to get your guy in there. I get that, but it's just such weird timing. It's not even at the all-star break. Like it's not even really at the all-star break. Like, right. Why not just wait another week, get through these, you know, three or four games you have till the all-star break and then let them go. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so weird. Like the timing of it feels so unsettling to me. Um, but you know, Minnesota is going to do what Minnesota is going to do, and they're probably going to have the number one pick again this year because that's how that franchise has handled itself over the last like decade. They've had like two number one picks, right? Like that's as many as like Cleveland, Wiggins, has. and Towns, right? I guess Wiggins got traded. Wiggins they acquired, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's just wild. They've had plenty of chances at it. Anyways, moving on to the next piece of news. Victor Oladipo, Matt, uh, who's been having a bounce back year. He's been good. Better. He's had some moments. Well, uh, I'm, I'm cool with moments. Uh, he reportedly turned down a two-year, $45 million extension offer from Houston. To me, that feels like Houston's like, ah, well, we tried. Dang it. Yeah. Shucks. And then they're going to let him walk in free agency. That's kind it's of my a, read on it, and that's yeah. how it feels. Yeah. Whatever they felt like a top number would be for, like, this is still a tradable contract, that's yeah. what we'll offer you. <laughs> Don't want it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, whatever, you're you're fine with letting Oladipo walk because you essentially cho- chose between Karis LeVert and Victor Oladipo. Um, I feel like this is a signal, like, he's getting traded before the deadline. That would be interesting. What are some good fits off the top of your head? List, like, two teams. <sighs> I don't even know who. I mean, I mean, Boston has a trade exception. A big one, yeah. Big one. They could absorb his whole contract, not just to be a Boston guy here, but like they just need other guys who can dribble the ball and like play defense. Like, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he doesn't, have to be, he doesn't have to be like a primary playmaker. That's a fun right. spot. I would, throw out, go get him. I would throw out like the Mavericks. Yeah, they would make sense. Um, because you can, he could play next to Luca and defend really well should be able to yeah um doesn't have to be the primary playmaker but you know can hit shots and 
do some secondary ball handling stuff. That would be a fun fit, kind of. Um, but yeah, that's kind of an interesting piece to watch in this next month with the trade deadline coming up on March, at the end of March, March 29th. Like 29th, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, my boy, moving on to the next piece of news, my boy Malik Beasley suspended for 12 games for that incident over the summer. Uh, I'm sure, yeah. again, Minnesota's like, oh, darn. Like <laughs> More losses for us. Uh, he was having a nice year. He was yeah. having a nice year. Um, some some kicked around the idea that he was most improved. Not saying that I guessed that a couple seasons ago, but you know, <laughs> you're still you still have a little bit of stock in Malik Beasley. You have a lot of stock in Malik Beasley. I'm on whatever. Like if there's a Julius Randall Hill, I'm like on Malik Beasley Beasley like mountain, whatever it is. You know, I I climbed to the top of that. That was the first one. Anyways, All-Star Reserves uh, announced. Uh, Matt alluded to this at the beginning of the show. Uh, in the East, we have two Boston players, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, James Harden, uh, who's not playing for Boston, but you get the point. Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMontis yeah. Bonus subbing in for the injured Ke- Kevin Durant. How do you feel about those East reserves? Um, I mean, like I know we gave our predictions a few weeks ago. Um, the Harden, like, yeah, Harden needs to be in there. Um, Randall, like, I get it, right? Like the stats, especially bear it out. The Knicks are like competent. Yeah. Again, I understand it. Um, the Vucevic one c- confuses me. His stat line is really good, but the Magic are really bad. Magic are really bad. Um, but he's kind of like the only other big who could make it, right? Yeah. Like, there's not really anybody else in the East who like could make it at that center position. I I don't know. I struggle with the Randall thing as well. Like Chris Middleton is like 50, 40, 90 and not an all-star yeah. game, which feels a little strange. And like, I don't know, the Milwaukee Bucks are better than well, it's like also knowing Sabonis was gonna make it because of yeah. Durant like not playing. It's like that's another big. Yeah. We really need another big um, Randall's kind of in that same category. Like, yeah, not that Middleton is like a super flashy player, but like Middleton probably deserved a nod or like Fred Van Fleet. Oh, Fred so, Van Fleet would have been fun. That's a good call. You know, I Anyways. again, we like guards. So we, we do. Uh, in the West, Anthony Davis, uh, who was then replaced by Devin Booker, um, CP3, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. Damian Lillard and then Zion Williamson. I have a bone to pick with these reserves. Why is Chris Paul? Why was he the first son to make it? Can anybody explain this to me? I think it's that the sons were the sons, which we know, like, which is not good. And then basically they, all they did was add Chris Paul. And now they're like a top four team in the West. (laughs) I mean, that's fair, but like, Let's not kid ourselves. This team is centered around Devin Booker. And like Devin Booker's having a better season. Devin Booker is obviously the better scorer. Like I know that for sure. I Chris Paul, I think, is a better winner, which we all know is to be true. It's weird that like, right, like Devin Booker, like in terms of all-star, was viewed lesser than Chris Paul, though. Like, like yeah. We know Chris, we know Chris like, Paul is like the better, like, you know, large scale player, but 
yeah, I get that argument for like all NBA, but for All Star, it feels just strange to me. Like CP, also Rudy Gobert making the All Star game a little. I mean, weird to me. I mean, it makes sense. Like he's another center. Like there's not that many to choose from. The Jazz are the best team. Like, yeah, they needed yeah. two two guys. It felt like. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That's a fair point. Good point. Um, but anyways. That's enough. My, I mean, it, really, it doesn't matter. I'll start like in the end, it doesn't matter except for legacy, for whatever reason. Sure. Like that, we weigh that somehow. Uh, last pizza news here. Uh, the NBA second half schedule is finally released. Um, the Spurs at twenty three, Grizzlies at twenty two, and Kings at twenty have the most road games. Uh, and then the Knicks, Nets. And Clippers have the fewest back-to-backs. The Knicks have six, the Nets have seven, and the Clippers have seven as well. Uh, it kind our of Spurs, to... yeah, our Spurs might be falling off. You know, I'm gonna believe. I'm I'm hooking my bandwagon even harder to the Spurs. <laughs> I'm staying. I'm staying the course. I stayed the course with the Kings, and that's you know. Yeah. I also, like half I the Spurs franchise is out right now with COVID. So yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And there was a lot of hoopla about DeMar DeRozan not making the All-Star game. I'm fine. Whatever. Yeah. I like DeMar, but like, yeah, I get it also. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, moving on to topic w- number one, Matt. So we're on the hot seat. Well, we're not on the hot seat, but some people are on the hot seat. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's March. You know, well, today's the last day of February. I was recording. This will be released, though. Start of March. March 1st. We're- about to enter all-star break here in just a, a handful of days. Basically, we're halfway through the season. Most teams are at about that 35, 36 game mark. So in a 72 game season, there's not a lot of, I mean, we're halfway done. There's not a ton of games left. Um, mm. And obviously some teams have uh, underperformed expectations. So with that being said, obviously some coaches and some players um, deservedly are on the hot seat. Ryan Saunders, we already saw, got axed. And, um, we, you know, again, we expected that. We talked about it on the last pod. Um, we got some guys here, Ryan, some four coaches and a, and a couple players worth noting also that are catching some flack here. So, <laughs> Our favorite uh, thing to talk about, right, is the, uh, the hot seat stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and again, none of these, it's like, I feel like are too spicy. It's just like, no, you're, you're you're maybe just really not that good. Mm, um, mm, yeah. So we'll start and we'll just get this one out the way. Rip we'll the just, bandaid off. Yeah. Um, Bradley Stevens. Um, woo. The Celtics have obviously underwhelmed. Yeah. But if you remember back to our, you know, predictions pod, Ryan. Yep. I think I had the Celtics at like what, like the six yeah. in the East. Yeah. I, I had them low. Yeah, you were, uh, you, I, I had him like as top four, I think, even top three, maybe. And oh boy, that was a mistake. And it's, it's the same problems they've always had. And that is what, as a fan, really pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same problem year after year after year. And again, I really like Brad Stevens, I think he's a good mm-hmm. coach. Um, but this team, aside from like really the Isaiah Thomas here, can't get to the rim. Like, just no one can get to the rim, ever. This team doesn't take many free throws, although it's a good shooting team. D- can't ever get to the line because we don't go to the rim. Right. 
and there's no ball movement. One of my no, I said no hot takes. This has been one of more my hotter takes um, that hasn't got a lot of love, but it looks better now because there's no ball movement in this offense. The Boston Celtics and the James Harden Houston Rockets have really never been any different. Ooh. Because <laughs> they actually play like better defense than you'd expect. Yeah. But it's really just a lot of standing and dribbling and hucking. Mm, yeah. Like it is. Yeah. Except we don't get to the line or to the rim ever. So it's all threes and long twos. That, you know, those are the best shots to take. Don't you know, Matt? Um, <laughs> I don't. On this topic, we actually, I posted something on Instagram. Uh, from the Couch GM Podcast account. If you're not following us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram at Couch GM Podcast. Uh, and one, Ryan Parker wrote in with a question, and it was directed at you, Matt. Uh, and it said, why do the Celtics suck so much? And why is Brad Stevens going to get fired this year? Um, we, we suck because we don't have a good team. Like, we, we got the two All-Stars, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Obviously, like, those are deserving All-Stars, too. Mm. Kimball Walker has been a disaster for like most of the year. And part of it, he's been hurt, right? Yeah. Like, get that. Yeah. But even in the games he's played, he's had a couple nice games. Yeah. So- yeah. That's been the tough thing is like the talent loss over the last couple of years from the Celtics has just absolutely murdered them. Cause like subbing Kyrie with this team and like they're the Nets, right? Like, they're pretty darn close to the Nets. And Kibba's just not his all-star self. Like, that's, like, he was an all-star last year. He's not, well, all-star form last year. And he's not an all-star anymore. And not really close to being an all-NBA player either, um, unfortunately. And that just hurts the Celtics. I mean, Gordon Hayward walking for nothing. He's. I watched the Hornets this week. He's been good for the Hornets. You know, he's a ball mover. Like, and in that Hornets, he get, he gets to do a lot more than he does with the Celtics, also, or yeah. did the Celtics also. And I totally get that. But it's just like Hayward had all the injuries, and now Kimba's got all the injuries, and it's just like we can't. Whatever we need those guys to be like when they're in Boston, they just can't fill the role we need. Yeah. And on top of that, like Smart's been out, which the fact that Marcus Smart is this important to the Celtics, think, um, he really shouldn't be. And then we're playing like two centers. That, that really sucks. Um, <laughs> the Tristan, Tristan Thompson, Thompson Daniel Tice thing is just like, it's, it's kind of fun sometimes, but if that's the most fun thing about your team, it's like super concerning, right? Like, like we can play like Tice and like Robert Williams together a little bit. And like, that's cool. It's just the fact that we're having to go two bigs, but they're neither bigs that can like really do much for you offensively. Yeah besides like run a dribble handoff is like super obviously concerning that like if, if it's not Jalen and Jason initiating offense right now, there's just no offense. Right. Like there's none. And then uh, one of my big points coming into the year was there's, there's no one else on the team. Right. And so it goes to the third um, and final bullet point here for the Celtics, which is, you know, some of the blame definitely has to be on the front office also. And like Danny Ainge came out and said, like, part of it's my fault. Um, right. Like all these draft picks that we had for forever, basically out, like, unless they were top three picks, not really working out. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, I think that just 
<clears throat> goes to say that like it's hard to get these things right in the draft. Like it, you hit on the things that matter. Like Danny Ainge hit the hit on the picks that mattered. You have some awesome wings, two way wings, and that's what the NBA is all about at this point. And the rest is kind of the hardest part to fill in. I've heard a lot of people talk about the Celtics this week and saying like the hardest part's over. Like you have two wings. That's sure. not really hard. Like you can suck for a year and get a really good player. And really uh, like there's obvious choices like every year, usually. Especially if you're in that top five, like. Yeah. Yeah. One of them, one of them's bound to hit, right? Like we, we talked about that was sophomores last year, like what four, three of the four, five top picks are hitting. It looks, it's going to look like, right. and it's not like Jalen and Jason were obvious top picks, but you know, those guys have been awesome. And now the, this is the hard part, the team building around it, the it's filling like, it out. I mean, when that's, you have pick number 14, when you have pick number 16, we have pick number 24 or 23 yeah. or whatever, like, right. Like hitting on all those. And it's like, you can do it with every team, like going through the draft of the last like five years and being like, Oh, look at this guy who was drafted three spots ahead or three spots behind you. You should have taken him. Or you yeah. should have traded up to get him. Like you can only do that with every team. It's like I don't want to be that guy, right? That says that. But there are so many opportunities that if you're like, okay, when you miss it once, fine. When you miss it twice, okay. But when it's like a third, fourth, fifth, sixth time of missing it, it's like, okay, what are we doing here then? Like maybe we're just not good at drafting late in the draft. So trade the pick and go do something. Yeah. Right. You might. I mean. The tra- Portland Trailblazers are probably the biggest proponent of that, right? Like they just like sure. don't care about those late later round picks, so they usually trade those to get like a competent NBA player for the now. And sometimes and maybe- like it works, right? Yeah. And sometimes then it's like you trade for Robert Covington, and like in theory that's great, but right now he's not playing well. It's so, like sometimes right. it does come back to bite you. But if you ask Damian Lillard, what do you prefer? He's going to say getting Robert Covington because it feels like you're doing something, right? Yeah, and if it doesn't like it's work. A name. Right, then it's for Robert Covington problems, not front office problems. Yeah, right. So you're taking uh, a chance on something. That's a fair right. point. And like, also doesn't take chances. Yeah, and that's something to be said. I think overall, like going into this trade deadline, what's the move here? Like, are they moving Marcus Smart? Like, there's not very many contracts around the Celtics yeah. that can can be moved. Is it is is Tristan Thompson like the probably the most obvious one? He's like Can he move him? He feels like super important to this team. Like one of the things yeah. that was like I I loved about Tristan Thompson when I've watched the Celtics is ability to get rebounds, and that's something that's yeah. Boston, Boston sucks at rebounding. Yeah, I've bitten Boston in the butt so many times. I bit them in the butt in the Heat series, uh, right. and that's one of the reasons they didn't win that series. Um, so I'd be I don't know. I'm interested to see the Celtics. I think they're going to be big buyers. Like I think Danny Inge is going to go. Not all in, but he's going to try to get some assets. Again, they have the massive trade exception. So that's really just up to the ownership. Like, are you willing to basically take that contract and get deep into the tax or not? And if they're not, then that trade exception, Gordon Hayward thing just goes to waste. You know, it feels like I just saw this team pop up. And if he didn't sign a contract, new contract this offseason, I feel like Jeremy Grant would be really fun in Boston. Someone who could like play the four, but like maybe had a little more dynamism to him. Yeah. Right. Like that would make sense. Right. But it's like the team needs someone who's not a, 
you know, rookie scale contract, but they don't, they don't necessarily need another star either. Right. They need like another, just really good starter. They need multiple assets. Yeah. That's the thing. This there's just past like a top five guys on this team, six guys, maybe there's just no one that you like look at and you're like, you deserve NBA minutes, like legit NBA minutes. And I really like like Peyton Pritchard, right? Yeah. But like again, if you're playing Peyton Pritchard for more than like 15 minutes a game, that's probably a bit of a problem right now. Yeah. So again, there's this the problems for Boston go beyond Brad Stevens. Mm. The fact that Brad Stevens in what like seven years now, he's been with them for a while, Ryan. Yeah, it's been close to a decade, I think. Like they. The still the three most important problems on offense of not getting to the rim, not getting to the free throw line, and not really having like ball movement. And I'm not even talking like Spurs level ball ball movement, but like just good like normal basketball level of ball movement. That's like, that's what is mostly concerning to me. I heard a stat this week that they're like second or they're thirtieth in the league in hockey or hockey assists, and they have two per game. Two hockey yeah. assists per game. Scalabrini was talking yeah. about that. Was right. Zach Lowe? Like, yeah. yeah. They yeah. just like they the, don't swing the ball. Like it it hits Jalen or Jason, and they're like, okay, I gotta do something. And I get it because it's like, who are you passing to? <laughs> You're passing to Peyton, Peyton Pritchard. That's the thing. Right. And he was hitting for a long while, but he he has not had a good last couple weeks. Um, and it's like you know, if there's no one to pass to, then yeah, you're not gonna make that extra pass. So I get it. I, I totally get it. Why they're sometimes not doing it. And so the problem goes two ways. But Brad Stevens, like we we got to do more than what we're doing offensively, though. Um, I would like to point out, I jokingly asked you why Brad Stevens is getting fired. Brad Stevens should not be getting fired anytime soon. Like, let's be clear. He took Isaiah Thomas and a bunch of nobodies to the Eastern Conference Finals. How many coaches have done that? I'm not saying he should get fired, but I'm not saying he shouldn't get fired. I'm just gonna leave that be. Listen, if you want to go, if you want to go down that route, get me Chris Finch. Oh, jeez. <laughs> ask Orlando or ask uh, ask Indiana how's it going after firing a really solid coach. Yeah, well, again, yeah. you got to have like another plan. Like you can't just do that. Yeah, you can't. Like you would, you would have to have uh, somebody. Like it would have to. You can't do the Clippers thing where you just fire your guy and then you just like sit on it for like right. three weeks. You can't right. do that. Um, but I'm not here for Brad Stevens slander. Not here for it. Let's go to our second team, which is the Atlanta Hawks staying in the East. So Lloyd Pierce, and I'm going to, I'm going to include Trey Young in this category as well. Good. Oh, good. Hot seat. You should. So this team started four and one. And everyone lost their mind that Atlanta was going to make a run this year, right? Because they were playing like Detroit and stuff in the first several games. Um, since then, they are 10 and 18. Two of those wins are against teams with a winning record. I guess four if you include Boston in there. Um, but, you know. So, uh, riding the struggle bus as of late. Injuries have definitely hurt the team, right? Like, we can admit that. Bogdanovich has only played nine games. Rondo, 17. Hunter's played 18. Gallo's played 21. Although he went off the other day against Boston. Um, so, like, that's that's a real point of conversation in Atlanta. 
is like they haven't had some of their dudes um, that they thought they were going to have. But, but the biggest um, issue is still the defensive effort, namely with Trey, but really it's the entire team outside of Clint Capella. Ain't nobody playing defense in Atlanta. Ain't nobody even trying to hold anyone under 120 points a game in Atlanta. I don't even know what you do at this point if you're Lloyd Pierce, because clearly it's not getting through. I don't know. I don't know. I've watched this team too. And offensively, like they put up points. Sure. But a lot of it is what you talked about with Boston is the isolation standing around watching Trey young dribble it a gajillion times and then put up a shot. Um, Draw foul. Yeah. Try to draw foul something. And when Trey is getting foul calls, like he's been super efficient. Awesome. This year when he's not getting those foul calls, he's kind of sucked. Um, <laughs> no, he, he sucked. Like, if he's not getting literally 10 a game, 10 free throw attempts a game, it's bad. The efficiency is like literally in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess this is his third year. So, like, you're still gro- going through those growing pains with him. Um, but this team has expectations of making the playoffs. They're currently the 11th right now uh, in the <laughs> East, which is not good. Like, the e- bottom of the East is terrible. Um, and they're on the outside looking in uh, right now for the playoff race. I don't know if this team has a run in them, even to make it to the playing games. Like, but they have enough defense to get there. Like, at least like Charlotte plays a touch of defense. Charlotte actually tries. Like those guys on the perimeter, like Terry Rozier. Like, I, oh yeah, that guy runs around screens and at least get some steals and make some hustle plays. Cause he's tough. That- like Terry Rozier, like he is legit, like man out there. Yeah. Atlanta doesn't have a guy like that. Can you say that about Trey Young? No, because Trey Young doesn't, I don't, I don't know if he even knows what a rotation is on defense. Lamelo gives better effort than Trey Young on defense. Oof, that's a take. That's not oh. a take. That's true. I mean, it's true, but it's just, it's sad that it's, it's, true, it's you know? something people don't want to hear. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm the Trey Young experiment. I don't know if I would go as far as to say it's not going to work out, but I don't think you can build a team around Trey Young. And this you, feels like it is what it is. Yeah, it feels point. like unless he has a like elite perimeter defender around him, like it's just never going to work. And it's odd to me that like the Hawks have like this hurried timeline all of a sudden, like why? Like you've been drafting these, like you've had good drafts theoretically. Why are you rushing this? Like it should be in two years, you're making the playoffs. I get, you don't want to be the Suns from this past decade where you're always two years away, but why the rush? Like, I don't understand this mandate to win now. Like, what do you like? Wouldn't you rather have another lottery pick to try to get that to hit? Like, you have good guys. Like, Cam Reddish is a good player. DeAndre Hunter is a good player. Like, I don't, I just don't understand this mandate to win this year. And I'm, that's on the front office, I think. Um, I know that ownerships want, wants to get back into the playoffs, but what's the rush? Like, why are you rushing this process so much? I mean, the reported, like, going into the season was, um, that Trey Young, like, he wants to get in the playoffs. Like, he's not cool losing. Which I get, right? Like, I don't want to lose. Like, no basketball player I've ever met, like, is like, yeah, I'm cool losing. Like, yeah, I get like, that. 
in the tank. Like they're like the players should like I'm trying to win. Um, but it's like okay, if Trey Young says like he really wants to win, then like play like some semblance of defense. <laughs> yeah, that, maybe right? you like, should play like you want to win. And at least play defense in the, the fourth, fourth quarter. Like yeah. Then like you can't again, you can't say I want to win and I want to make the playoffs and force the team's hand and then go do what you do against Cleveland. Like that's the like the clip getting blown up was like he gets lost and he gives up the game winning layup. Yeah. Right. Or dunk. So it's like again, you can say all these things and like the front office can go out and make moves, like the Gala move, Rondo, Bogdanovich. Like they did everything they were supposed to do. Like the front office should be like largely applauded. Um, I mean, they didn't really go out and get a defensive stopper to go alongside Trey, but like those aren't two-way guys who do that aren't really available all the time. So maybe they're a maybe they're an Oladipo team. Yeah, I mean that's a great point. They definitely have the assets. Like they could trade their first round pick this year. Trade um, John Collins. Oh man, that's also a weird thing that's popped up this year. Is like yeah. John Collins is all of a sudden unhappy and not. Not probably gonna sign or didn't sign an extension with the team. Um, they were apparently and, way off with their numbers. Which, like, I feel like John Collins in the right system could be freaking awesome, and like he's just not been awesome the last like season and a half. Um, but I really want John Collins to be awesome. I want him to be in a good situation. Well, they want him to be a great defender, and he was like, "I want to play the three. <laughs> so. But he's shooting like he is legit shooting now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like and like efficiently. So it's like I get why he's like, I want to expand an offensive role. And they're like, we don't need you to expand on offense. We need you to expand on defense. Yeah. And he's like, well, defense doesn't get me paid. Right. So pay me or send me to someone who will pay me. Yeah. That's so a like, fair point. getting him to like Houston, for example, then in that scenario, like Houston be like, yeah, sure. Like, why not take a chance on a young guy like that? You know, yeah, it's yeah. their time better. So I don't know, just something to think about there. Um, but going back to Atlanta more so, it's just like if if Trey Young won't buy in on defense, then I think you really have to start questioning: Is he the guy we want leading our team? Is he like the one A, or is he a one B? I think he's a one B. I think he's a two, actually, not even a one B. Like who? Who in the NBA right now could you put next to Trey Young and it be a championship contender? Again, probably it's like it it can't even be like the Bradley Beal types. It has to be like a Kawhi, right? Or Paul. Right. I mean, Paul George might not even MVP be Paul George. Yeah. Like you couldn't like there's not another guard because like he's if you pick another guard, the guard has to be like a all all NBA type of defender. Like you would have to have Trey Young, Marcus Smart, and then someone else. Right. Um, right. And so, like, it's just like basically you'd have to go back up to the All Stars and just like kind of rattle through them and be like, could this guy work with him? Could this guy work with him? And it's like the ADs would work with them, but I don't know if AD plus Trey Young makes a championship team. A championship yeah. team, right? Like Paul George at his very best. Like, yeah, probably. Gobert doesn't, I don't think, gets him there. Just elevated Clint Capella. Donovan Mitchell. Maybe. Probably, maybe. Probably doesn't try enough on the defensive side, but like maybe. Yeah. Lillard, no. Zion would be fun in like yeah. two years, but like not now. 
Yeah. Sabonis, no. Vucevic, no. Ben Simmons would be a really interesting one, though. Yeah, because that would uh, kind of alleviate the spacing yeah. problem. Ben Simmons would be, like, honestly the best option, it feels like. Because he like, could the... take the best perimeter guy and take him out. Right, yeah. right. Maybe, like, a Harden if you also had a Marcus Smart-esque guy yeah. there. But, like, that's just the thing. If you have to go to that extreme to make Trey Young work, then he's not a 1A and he's not a 1B. He's like a pretty solid two in a right situation. Is he even a two? Like when you're listing those off, like those other guys were listing, like he's well, everyone was like butthurt that he didn't make the all star game. And it's like, yeah, I mean, again, who are you taking out? And like, who can you say, like, I would rather build a team like with Trey Young and like, you know, Julius Randle or Trey Young? I'm not saying I'm picking Julius Randle, right? (laughs) But like, pretty much everyone else, right? Like, he's tried on defense. Yeah. Like, at what point is like Trey Young and like Zach Levine? What we've the right so rightly so criticism Zach Levine. Like, are the are they not in the same category? Like that Zach Levine and this Trey Young. That's fair. You know, it's actually a, a good point. Is like, oh man, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Is that like Zach Levine score doesn't really play defense? Although Zach Levine has been trying, like actually this year, trying. Sure. Um, but like I'm talking like last year, Zach Levine. The oh year before yeah, that, Zach just Levine. didn't care. But uh, some of that may have been the situation too. Sure. This like situation for Trey Young is like catered for Trey Young. Like there's no right. complaining about it. Like you said earlier, like this front office has catered to exactly what he's wanted. And like yeah, advanced timeline, and it's still just being a disaster. Yeah. So again, though, you don't get rid of Trey Young by any stretch of the imagination. So you get rid of Lloyd Pierce. And that just kind of feels like that's how this is going to go. Is like someone's got to be the scapegoat here. It You can trade John Collins. John Collins doesn't fit as the scapegoat here. So it, it just feels like Lloyd Pierce is going to have to go, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it, it almost feels like a Mark Jackson situation where like the next guy's really going to take Atlanta to the next level. But it's really not, I mean, maybe not even Lloyd Pierce like fault. Um, sure. these guys are just going to develop and they're going to get better. Like right, DeAndre Hunter under him. Yeah. DeAndre Hunter is just going to be a better player in two years. Like, yeah. And he took a step this year in the games we've seen him play. Right. But he just, Lloyd Pierce isn't going to be there for the long run. It doesn't feel like it's, I'm almost wondering here if Atlanta looks at somewhere like the Knicks and being like, okay, they have a young star, RJ Barrett, not as star as Trey Young, not as much of a star as Trey Young, but still star, other guys, whatever. And they're like, we're bringing in a, a coach who's going to be like, this is how we're doing it. Get on board here. Yeah. And like legitimately produces wins. And while some areas doesn't help development, some areas definitely does. Um, and probably in the ways you most importantly need, even though they're kind of uncomfortable that feels like a type of hire they need to go do. Yeah. It's not just someone who's going to like let Trey keep running the team. Be like, no, I'm going to run the team and you're going to hop on board here. I don't know who that is, but that feels like what they need to do. hundred percent, hundred percent on board with you there, I guess. I mean, I'm, I don't want to get rid of Lloyd Pierce, but I mean, it feels that's where you should get going. another shot in the league for yeah. sure. But unfortunately, um, I would I would not want this that Atlanta job right now. So we'll go over to the West now. We got two teams in the West, keeping it balanced here. So we'll start out with one Michael Malone in oh Denver. 
So they are back above 500. Um, but we thought they were going to be a top team in the West. I know I personally said, I thought prediction wise, they'd fi- finish with the top record in the West. Yeah. I think, I think we're both on the same, same page on that one. It made sense. Like they were bringing back largely the same team um, outside of Jeremy Grant. Right. And Jokic, we knew was going to be um, a star again this year. If anything, he's outperforming expectations. MVP. And, and yeah. And now they're, they've kind of scrapped back above 500. Um, but I think the reason Mike Malone belongs in belongs on this list as much as anything is how he is handling his players in this season. So they had the absolute debacle against the Washington Wizards the other day, Ryan, where they're down two with, you know, a handful of seconds left. They get the ball outlet, the three on one, Jamal Murray. I honestly, just again, being a basketball guy, I don't get why he's getting criticism here because he pulled up at the three forced the defender to come to him with like three seconds left. Mm. And then he passed the ball. Like he forced the defender to step to him, got him away from the rim. And it's not his fault then that Compazzo and Porter jr. Didn't go to the rim. Like that's not on Jamal Murray. You can say like Jamal Murray should have kept driving it in and then what kick it out still. Again, you're getting a three in that situation. Yeah. So, no, he did the right thing. He forced the defender out of the lane. He made and, him choose, right? Like, yeah. that's why you want a fast break. Yeah. Defender and, to choose. And all it took was one of those guys taking a light stroll to the basket, Jamal Murray tossing <laughs> it to him, and it's a tie game going to overtime. Yeah. Like, there was nothing that had to be challenging about that. I don't get why Murray got so much blame in that situation. Anyway, still looks bad for the team, though. Right, right. So publicly this season, um, Malone has openly criticized Michael Porter Jr., including after that game. Which is so bizarre. And and other games, Jamal Murray as well. Um, Yeah, just like how blunt he is about to the media about it is is pretty wild, actually. Can you imagine, like, again, let's just go back to Brad Stevens here for a moment. Can you imagine Brad Stevens just... Because Jason Tatum's missed his fair share of you know late game shots because um, he always goes to the step back three. Can you imagine Brad Stevens just coming up to the podium after the game being like, you know, Jason Tatum, he's really got to fix his shot selection. He's he's really been putting us in some tough spots lately by by taking those step backs. Brad Stevens would get murdered <laughs> by NBA Twitter. Yeah, just roasted. Yeah, it's it's so weird because like that's not how. I don't think anybody else would go about like coaching this team. Right. Like no one else would be like, yeah, Michael Porter jr. Sucks. It's so like this relationship. He hated Michael Porter jr. He really has this relationship between Michael Porter jr. And Mike Malone has been really interesting because like all of last year, I think people, especially Denver fans were calling for Porter jr. To play when he was healthy. And then like, he never played, never played outside of garbage time. And then like, the bubble hits or the hiatus hits. And then the bubble uh, post trade deadline, the nuggets front office had made some moves and cleared the path for Porter jr. To play more and really forced Mike Malone's hand to play him. And then like in the bubble, Porter jr. Was having like an awesome, awesome couple games. And Mike Malone's like, I don't understand why he wasn't selected for 
like the rising stars game and like all this crap. It's like, cause you didn't play him. No one knew right. what he was like. This right. is on you. This is your fault. And like, right. he was talking about how he, Michael Porter jr. Was getting disrespected. And it was like, you're, you're the one who's starting this. Yeah. You're the one literally saying the disrespect and putting him in positions to like, look bad. Right. Like I don't th- just his inability like, to like manage players and like manage how he talks about his players really really bugs me it like, does. What, are you, what are you doing like do but, you think that gets you like more clout in the locker room no like <laughs> you know it just burns or, equity like, like yeah go after him coach how do you not like say like you know this is on me that loss was on me i should have been more clear coming out of that timeout that one of our last timeouts like hey like Let's try to tie the game. If we have the opportunity, like let's tie the game. Um, right. Like put yourself on the line there. Like I know yeah. Mike Willens coached in Sacramento, so he probably has a harder time doing that because, you know, he says that in Sacramento, he's probably getting fired the next day. Um, but like, let's be real. Like m- most people do that. Like most coaches, good coaches do that. Coaches who stay around. Even internally, if you're like Porter screwed that up. Even you if you talk, talk about, about that amongst your coaching staff, yeah, Porter screwed a, that up. That's there's fine. A ti- there's a time and a place for that, right? In the film session tomorrow, like, or the next day, you can say, hey, MPJ, like, you got to cut to the basket there, man. Come on. Like, like you know, three on ones, first man down goes to the rim, second man d- down stays open for three, which yeah. would be Composo. Yeah. Like, right. Like, maybe, and maybe that's it. And maybe that's what Malone was wanting to express and did a piss poor job of. <laughs> But like yeah. again, that's that's your fault then of doing a piss poor job of saying that. Right. I, I think that's the thing that Mike Malone has to own is like whether you like it or not, like you are the leader of this team. Like you are the ultimate person who like this team rises and falls to. Like you got to take the credit when things are going bad, not when things are going good too. Um, yeah, this whole Mike Malone, even going back to the bubble, like we had talked briefly on the podcast when they were down like three, one to Utah jazz in the first round, it looked like, I mean, we thought he could be getting fired and in the hot seat. Yeah. And then they come back and make that credible run to get to the West finals. Yeah. Saved his job. And it feels like it's getting back to a point where his, he's, if they have like a first round exit or they're, they're not up to snub in the playoffs, like who's to say he's not the next coach to go. Mm-hmm. And I think of the coaches we've talked about so far, he's probably the most realistic to go because the nuggets do have championship aspirations. Right. Right. And so that's the, the last bullet point is like, what would it take to keep Malone past this season at this point? Like, is it literally just take like Nikola Jokic going to the front office and be like, I want him. Is, is it that, is it like they have a pretty favorable schedule coming out of the all-star break? Like they really could go like 10 and 0 coming out of the all-star break. Is it, is it just like a good run? And be like, okay, the we we we've got it back on track, wrote the ship, it's good. I don't know, because like this, it really depends on the relationships. Like even if they go ten and zero and make the Western Conference Finals again, and end up losing to one of the another team, like, what uh, has he just broken so many relationships? Like has he broken the trust with like let's say a Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. If the Denver front office is really ecstatic about Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and Jokic being the core of that team, like, who's to say 
like those relationships are just so far gone by the end of the season that right. you have to get rid of Malone. And maybe that's it. Malone's like, I'm part of the core of this team. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. No coach is the core is a part of the core of the team. Yep. You're important. But you're not part of the core of the team. Yeah. That's just how basketball works. Yeah. Especially that's at that a, high of a level. That's a good point. I feel like all the great coaches understand that like they are just like a piece of the team. They are not the team. Right. And like, like Popovich, all- right? It was always about Duncan. It was always about Parker. It was right. always about Ginobili. Kawhi. Like it was always about those guys and Greg Popovich doing a great job coaching them. Not Greg Popovich and those guys doing what Greg Popovich tells them to do. Right. It's about, I mean, like coaching and you know this because you're a coach. It's so much about leadership, right? Like one of the first times that like the Spurs won a championship, like he didn't allow any of the coaches to get up on the stage because he understood and knew like this is a player's thing. This is like their moment. And like, I feel like Malone has gotten so much in the way of these like awesome player moments uh, for the Nuggets and kind of took in the spot, taken the spotlight uh, for himself. Right. Considering how great Jokic is. Yeah, like the fact that we've, you know, spoken. I feel like as much about Malone and his debacles on this podcast over the last couple of years than we have about Jokic is again concerning. Listen, we could have like an hour long podcast just about Nikola Jokic and his okay. amazing passes, but we could also have another two episodes for the dumb decision Mike Malone, Mike Malone, right. has done and said. Talking about um, dumb decisions, let's go to Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> last oh, one here gosh. um putting luke walton on the hot seat mm. putting buddy healed on the hot seat putting yep. Marvin Bagley on the hot seat um riding riding no, no driving the struggle bus here um <laughs> sitting at 13 and 20 as of now so yeah that's that's tough um in sacramento so De'Aaron fox though having an all-star caliber season didn't make it understandably a lot yeah. of a lot of dudes um, in the West. Hard to make it. But having an all-star caliber season, Tyrese Halberton has been a pleasant surprise yeah, um, yeah. in Sacramento. Everyone now looking back, like, how did he fall at Sacramento? <laughs> and yet, and yet, Ryan, this is still a disaster. It's like, so weird. How? <laughs> how do they always manage to do it? They started the year as a fun team. Like they started off on a nice right. little win streak. You know, I, I was, I've been a pro Kings uh, fan on the bandwagon, as some would say before this year, I hopped off the bandwagon. They lured me back in. Yes. And now it's the Titanic. The ship is cracked <laughs> in half. One, one in is straight up and down, you know, in the movie. <laughs> I'm like DiCaprio on the top of the, just looking at the water as the boat is sinking into the water. I'm about to freeze to death. It's a terrible time. There's like one violinist still playing um, somewhere <laughs> on the ship. No one's going to share room on the floating door with you. No, yeah, it's over. It's over. Luke Walton's taking up the door and I'm just sitting there freezing to death. And, you know, he's getting to live his life. Um but yeah, this team's terrible. <laughs> like, they're like the best offense of the league is whoever's playing the Kings that night. Like, like it, it's literally incredible. Like how bad? Like they was it the Knicks put up one forty on them? The Knicks like and not overtime. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you can get to the rim at will. Essentially, you can get any shot you want. Like any any shot is essentially you're getting a good shot. Um, 
it's just been a dumpster fire. And Marvin Bagley, it's a disaster. Like you want to start with disasters. Like that guy just can't. I don't He's know. had a couple games for sure where like it's like, oh, he went for like 20, 26 or something like that. The defense is the biggest disaster. Like as much as we all talk about how Trey Young is a bad defender, and rightfully so, Marvin Bagley is an awful defender. So if I say this, and I've like been pro Christian Wood this year because Christian Wood's been awesome. Is Marvin Bagley like a wannabe Christian Wood? <laughs> <laughs> and if you say that out loud, like if you verbalize that, like it sucks. You should like two years ago. Imagine saying that, like, yeah, <laughs> when he, exactly. Bagley was drafted, exactly. And like, I thought like Bagley could be something nice, like a nice big man with some skills. He just like has not put it together at all. Like, yeah. effectively, this is the second year because he was injured much of last year, and I get that. And maybe I'm bailing too early on Marvin, Marvin Bagley, but oh boy, this is rough, Matt. Like, it I bailed is, a long time ago, so it's <laughs> it's scary. Like, I just don't. I don't know what to do with this team anymore. Like you have to, it's almost like a, like Fox and Halliburton are your only untouchables and like, you got to get rid of the rest. Sure. And that, that was kind of the next question is like, and this also brings in healed in this conversation. If Fox and Halliburton are your untouchables or can frame it as these, this, that's the backcourt of the future. That's, that's what you build with. Why do you need buddy healed? Because honestly, like Fox is trying on defense. He's not yeah. good on defense, but he's trying. Halliburton, yeah. he knows where to be. He's not a, like he really can't stop people when guarding them, but he like knows where to be. Yeah. Healed isn't bringing anything on the defensive end. This year, shooting wise, he's under 40% from the field. He's shooting a career low from three at 36%, which is still good. But for him, it's a career low. Again, obviously not playing defense. Doesn't really help with moving the ball. So what are you doing out there? Harrison Barnes has been a more effective and useful player for them this year. And he's now he's out with like an injury, right? Like that was something that was within yeah, the last pretty like sure. week, week, week and a half. Yeah, it's tough. Like if you're a Kings fan, like this, this year has not been kind to you in the off season. You lose Bogdanovich for nothing to Atlanta. We just yeah. talked about Atlanta. And I mean, you can trade healed for something, but he's making 20 some million dollars so you're getting contract filler in exchange and like who knows what you're getting like yeah i mean like i love healed like he's an awesome shooter but like the return on his contract's not going to be awesome like he's a guy that i wonder if they're like if we trade him and he goes off we're gonna look bad again yeah yeah, it's kind of I mean, like the Boogie Cousins thing. Like when he was awesome for the Pelicans, it was like, oof, this looks bad. This is a bad decision. Um, there's, I mean, cert- other circumstances for Boogie's career post being in Sacramento. Um, but I feel like Buddy in the right situation can be awesome. Um, right. Basically put him in the Joe Harris role. Yeah, exactly. Like can just run around, hit wide open shots. Um, play make a little like a hey, buddy can play make attack the close out and like do the smart thing yeah exactly he's not like an awesome passer but he can make passes like competent right. passes um right. yeah i mean it's tough to find buddy healed at home too it's like who's taking on that contract like with all this corona 
like money fallout. Like who wants to take a expensive shooter on right now? And all the championship teams have kind of spent their draft equity. Good thing Um, there's 5,000 teams though, sitting at 500 right now. (laughs) They're going to convince themselves that they need Buddy Hill. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's it. Like, could the Knicks, like the Knicks feel like somewhat of a suitable home for him? 100%. Like that feels like really good. But I mean, he's another guard who needs minutes. So you, who are you shoving out of the rotation? Like, would you trade like Frank Nilikita and Kevin Knox for Buddy Heald? It feels like you're giving up a lot for an okay player. Like Burks and Knox. Yeah. For Heald. That might not be bad because that gives like the Kings a wing defender again, someone or someone who's got to try. Yeah. And like a prospect that like a flyer have a couple years on Knox, still a year and a half on Knox. Yeah. If you make anything happen there. And if not, just see ya. Yeah. I mean, buddy could be going back to new Orleans. Like Eric Eric Bledsoe for buddy healed. Eric Bledsoe is trash. So it's bad. It's bad, but I mean, New Orleans would could attach one of their fifteen picks. Sure, like punt the pick, whatever. Um, that would just be a crazy full circle thing for Buddy Heald, but also really fun. Also, really fun, really really yeah. fun. I don't. What do you do with Bagley? Like, are you that, keeping him? Are you waiting another year before you? I feel like that's the hard the part. Then healed, right? Is because yeah. Elliot Heald he signed to a contract. You kind of know what he is at this point. Um, but with Bagley, he's so young that you don't, again, you don't want to feel like you're giving up on him too early. Right. But the, the, it's the, the point I have written down is like, he's a disaster on defense and his offense is not like so good that it makes up for that deficiency on the other end. So I, and they still, still don't have clarity on what he is in their offense. I think that's the concerning part is it's not just like the skill set isn't quite maybe what you want, but like his role. I have no idea what he is in the NBA. Yeah. He's not a five. Like they tried to play him at the five. That hasn't worked. Cause defensively he's a complete disaster, which we've seen other centers that are not good at defense be a five, like Vucevic or Jokic. Right. Like, but at least those guys have figured out like where to be and like how to be in the way. But again, the difference with those two is one, the offense, like Vucevic can go get a bucket. It feels like at will against yeah. a lot of bigs. Cause he is immensely skilled. I've always said like Joel Embiid should watch Nikola Vucevic to learn how to play offense. Looks like he has. Um, <laughs> and then Jokic, obviously MVP candidate and an incredible passer. Bagley cannot pass. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't run offense through him either. Right. So if he's not passing when he touches it, that means he's just shooting it. So are you trying to put it on the deck? And he, or it's a turnover. Like it's yeah. a turnover or a missed shot. Bagley really is a great athlete for his size. Like 6'11", 240, 250. He really is a great athlete for his size. But what does that get you? You know? I mean, there's a lot of great athletes in the NBA, and I think that's the, that's the point. point. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's it just becomes hard. I mean, if you're like Portland – do you try to like wiggle your way into like taking a flyer on Bagley? I mean, maybe it's too much. I, I still feel like the Kings and... are going to ask for a, a pretty heavy ransom at this point, though. That's why I don't think he's going to get moved. Um, but it's like the definite. 
I you can't offer him an extension after this year. It, no, like he's not. No, like one hundred percent. No, <laughs> it, it, the only extension you could offer him is like would be disrespectful to him and like would piss him off. Yeah, it kind of feels gotta, like Marvin Bagley's going to end up on the Warriors in like a year. You know, <laughs> like in that kind of situation where it's like he hasn't really worked out and he's kind of just waived or like released or bought out or whatever. Well, like he can get through the end of his rookie deal and they just not extend him. Um, and then he's an RFA. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of go through what Atlanta's dealing with, with John Collins, which is if we don't trade you, but we don't sign you, we'll see what the market market does. Same thing with Lori Markinen. We'll kind of just see what the market does. And if we feel comfortable, we'll match it. And if not, see you later. Yeah. You know, the smarter thing is probably trying to negotiate it as a trade, but ahead of time, but franchises will do what they'll do. So with Bagley, it feels like that's where we're headed. Yeah. Is they'll they'll let him hit the RFA market. And if you know Orlando's willing to give him however much money a year, all right, have fun. But if you know there's not a lot of suitors, maybe it means they pick up the fifth year qualifying offer. Maybe it means he signs like a short extension or a very team friendly extension that ends up working out for the Kings. Cause maybe he does finally hit, I don't know, but whatever coach you bring in, cause again, circling back to Luke Walton, Luke Walton ain't it super, not it man. That firing of, um, our guy a couple years Dave ago. Yeager. Yeah. Dave Yeager. Thank you. That feels like a, like one of the worst decisions that franchise made in a litany a litany Matt of bad decisions because he was working it worked I mean they were like a nose hair away from that was like playoffs of the last like six years well like they played like their best players strengths which is Darren Fox just crazy and running and playing fast and they were fun and Buddy Heald was fun and imagine Dave Yeager with Tyrese Halliburton now too like come on like they'd be whipping the ball around all like all over the court and like would, finding Bagley in better positions also. I would but, be interested in hearing like the players who were with the Kings at the time, like what the consensus on Dave Yeager was. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe the players actually hated him and we yeah. just didn't know that. Yeah. And maybe that's it. It's like Darren Fox went to the front office, was like, we gotta get rid of this guy in front office, you know, obliged. But at the same time, I I would have to feel that Darren Fox isn't that guy. Yeah. Buddy Heald had one of his best, like a career year under Dave Yeager. Like you got hopefully think- after these last now year and a half going to be two years is it's like, okay, anyone who said anything about bad about Dave Yeager, shut up because you don't <laughs> obviously have a voice anymore in the, these decisions. Cause it has not worked at all. Uh, yeah. And so, again, who do you go get? I don't know. I really don't it know. It doesn't matter. It, do- it literally does not matter. Like, it's just got to be someone other than Luke Walton at this point. Yeah, I think you're right with that. Like, I don't go get Mike D'Antoni for all I care. Like, I don't (laughs) care. Like, whatever. Like, it could just be a couple years of Mike D'Antoni and it's an improvement from Luke Walton. And I thought Luke Walton was going to be a good fit there, but you know, nope. Has not worked so far. Well, that was fun, Matt. Good, good, uh, hot seat talk, you know. It's a good event. It is, especially for your Celtics. It's <laughs> nice not to have really any expectations this year for the Thunder because I can't be disappointed. 
And that some may say that's a pessimistic look, outlook on things. It's not. It's very optimistic. Only if you don't get a top five pick somehow. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Sam Presti will figure it out, I hope. Uh, anyways, moving on to le- league pass teams of the week. Matt, who are you watching? So let's get back to my, my Washington Wizards. Your boys, your sons. Are just, again, hot. Yeah. Um, Brad Beal, just scorching, scorched earth. Only lost on like fire. one game in the last two weeks. They did, they did lose to my Celtics tonight by one. So I am, I am happy about that. Um, They're frisky. They're frisky again. Yeah. Brad Beal went for 46. <laughs> it's, um, you know, in NBA Jam, when the guy's like, he's on fire, that's like Brad Beal from the start of the game. He doesn't even yeah. need to hit a shot. He's just automatically on fire. Yeah. Brad Beal is just ridiculous. I think it, Tatum hit like the game winning shot in that. Ooh. Boston was down one with 12 seconds left, and, and Tatum got to the rim, finished at the rim. What were we talking about? There we go. Um, but still, it's like, so I'm, I'm tuning into Washington see what they're going to do this um, few days going to the all-star break and see if they can keep those momentum right in. Um, because again, they're, they're surging up the standings. Mm-hmm. They're in the play. I mean, they're in the playing conversation again, which was not a thing a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. They'll keep working their way up props to Brad Beal and Scotty Brooks and no one else because you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the team. <laughs> that's the team really um, nice. Well, I, because the all-star break is right around the corner, Matt, I'm going to do my Orlando Magic in this time <laughs> with the least amount of possible games that I could watch. This is a pity watch. This is a pity watch. I have no interest in the Orlando Magic. They're not making the playoffs this year. They're not the Orlando Ma- Magic inertia, as some would say, as they just like fall into the playoffs every year uh, for the last couple of years. That's not happening. Um yeah, this team's going to be boring and not fun to watch. But they have a couple fun matchups this week, I think. Who are they playing again? They were playing uh, Dallas and Atlanta. Yeah, I get to watch Trey Young and Luka Doncic again. I'm for that. There you go. Not on national TV because the Magic, you know, suck. But they do not deserve that. No, absolutely not. Who are, did you say you're, who the Wizards are playing? Did I miss that? Um, no. Let me let me pull that up real quick. The Wizards schedule. This week, um, they got the Grizzlies and the Clippers. Ooh, that's so, kind of fun, right? Like again, John Morant, and then um, can you see the Clippers again? So, see if the again they could take both those games, especially if the Clippers rest people. So, mm, yeah, yeah, Kawhi has been fun to watch this year. He's Very been good much. again. Good game today against the Bucks. Oh man, Giannis was so good. Giannis yeah. was so good today. Yeah. The Bucks, the Bucks are figuring stuff out. I would not. I'm not out on them yet. I was almost out on them. I don't watch the game today. I'm back in. Giannis throwing dimes. He had a couple dimes today. That was like, oh my god. He also put Terrence Mann like into the basket today. I think that's who he was guarding him, and that was awesome to watch. Well, he looked like Michael Jordan from Space Jam, where he just like reached it back and dunked it. <laughs> it was incredible. I thought there are many good matchups for defending honest, but that's especially not it. <laughs> uh, that ain't it. That ain't it. Anyways, that's episode 102, Matt. That was a lot of fun. We're going to next week. I think we've decided for episode one, 103, for those of you who are still listening, you get a preview of next week's topic, which is hard truths, which is going to be a lot of fun. 
my my therapy session buckle up because all the hot <laughs> takes are just going to be shot out the cannon yep got to get it out into the universe see what gotta the possible gods do with it got to get it out anyways thank you so much for listening to episode 102 this has been the couch gm podcast if you haven't uh like i said at the top of the show follow us on instagram and twitter and give us a review we greatly appreciate that we'll see you back for episode 103 yeah